0: Everybody and welcome to another episode of the Paperclip Podcast. This is Andrew, uh, joined by Josh. How are you doing, Josh?
1: I'm doing pretty good, Bud. How are you?
0: Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Before we started uh, recording this um, podcast, we were talking about Alien versus Predator and Prometheus, and I thought it would be great to get this on the podcast because we're both very opinionated about the films topics and what we're going to go over right now. (laughs) I think the question, the question you you had mentioned was if, if choosing a film between alien and predator, including Prometheus, which is for all those who aren't familiar is, is a continue or a precursor kind of a prequel. To where Alien started. These are just, you know, sci-fi movies. Um, yeah, it's basically like a
1: a battle of which would you prefer if you had to watch it every day for a year? Mm. Would it be watching the prequel series to the alien series? So would you would you watch Prometheus? Or would it be kind of the sequels to the whole thing, which ended up being Alien versus Predator? <laughs> yeah.
0: I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That but, franchise just took a hard left turn and just yeah. went for it.
1: Yeah, you got to sit there and you got to watch this thing every day for a year. Do you, do you watch Prometheus and wonder what they were thinking? Or do you watch AVP
0: and wonder what they were thinking? I'm I'm going to go with Prometheus. I like how Ridley Scott came full circle and just started using very simple archetypes of what literally using the word like these are architects and this is this is where how we were derived and all this stuff i like that idea because i always felt like the alien movies are as great as they are and i love ripley and all that stuff and all all the first ones fantastic i love the androids and all that good stuff but what i really like is that it's explaining because i i think this speaks to probably both of us. We just, I, we like origin and we like knowing why something works the way that it works as every probably human on earth. But I just think the movie was really well done. It was just, a, it, it was cool because I like, I like that it was explaining where the aliens came from and that what we were actually observing in Alien 1 or just Alien was its evolved form you know, like it didn't even start off looking like that. And it it was just a derivative that got really deep. And I I'm sweating.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I love AVP. Like that piece of garbage is a lot of fun to watch. It's great. If I had to pick one to watch, I'd probably watch that piece of trash because of how much fun it is. <laughs> Uh, I mean you got You got predators Fighting big alien monsters In a pyramid In Antarctica Like the, the whole thing is just When you boil it down I think it's more in tune with what the Alien series was Than what Like the prequel series for Alien is Because yeah. As far as which film I like better It's Prometheus Because I I think David is a character oh, Kind of yes takes that movie to another level because it is like a a a sci-fi horror movie but when you introduce the character of David and kind of follow him along his whole struggle is like with what his existence is supposed to be and I think he was uh he was talking to the dude who um got infected by the black goo oh yeah and um when he asked like you know why what was my purpose? Like, why was I created? And the dude tells him because we could. And uh yeah. and then he tells him, like, how upset would you be if you met your creators, which is the whole point of the movie, they're in on a space mission to go meet the people that made them? Like your how, how upset would you be if uh if you met your creators and that's what they said?
0: Yeah.
1: And Ooh. Um, Yeah, so that whole driving point is like kind of starts uh starts david's arc into the next movie and then what'll uh probably end up being ridley scott's third prequel yeah. cool movie i think he's got four planned but as far as what a better movie is it's definitely prometheus but if i had to sit and watch one every day for a year i get down on some avp action
0: they're good man i think both of the they're they're just good they're fun stories to kind of follow and they're just neat. The I
1: think one is fun out. and one yeah. is super
0: deep. It can be. Yeah, it should. Sure, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely.
1: Anything could be deep if you're existential enough.
0: <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, let's just, ju- okay, we'll jump into what our um, topic of the day is conversion rate. So today we're going to discuss what it entails, um, you know, what it indicates, and also what an example of, you know, good conversion rates from what we've been able to observe on accounts uh, is, and, you know, maybe a few pointers toward the end of the podcast on, on some things that advertisers can actually do in the account uh, that should help um, increase conversion rates. So, um, Josh, to you, just to kick it off, what is conversion
1: rate? So your conversion rate a lot like your click through rate is a combination of numbers put together to give you a percentage. So in this instance, it's the number of valuable actions taken on your website, which is normally like a form fill out or a phone call versus the total number of clicks that your ads got. So conversions
0: divided by clicks gets you your conversion rate. Absolutely just like Josh mentioned, um, the way I would describe it as well is is just like that. It's conversion rate is expressed as a percentage. So it's derived just as conversions over clicks. So you would divide those two numbers. What you would receive is your conversion rate. And what it represents is how effective basically, um, you know, to kind of sum it up, your landing page or funnel is actually working so it's a good indication to maybe if something needs to change, or you know if, if maybe the particular time that you're marketing a certain idea or call to action maybe it's not working out as well as as, as previously uh, hypothesized, then that, that it would be a good indication number of like okay, you need to change something.
1: So let's go a little further into that. Um, let's say you see like a 5% conversion rate, you see a a 50% conversion rate. What is conversion rate an indicator of for you?
0: Yeah, so great question. Um, Conversion rate indicates to me, like I was mentioning, the effectiveness of the landing page. And it directly correlates to your ads effectiveness and providing a solution for your, like basically your potential customers that needed a solution. They need their problem solved. A um, high conversion rate means that a high percentage of people who see your ad, click on it, go to the landing page um, or your, you know, your destination and engage. So what, what I mean by engagement is they're going to be filling out a form. They're going to be calling you directly or um, you know, take some meaningful action on the page. So it, it's, um, it, it's really a metric that reflects not so much... The, it, it does affect the performance of a campaign, but it's more, I like to think of, you know, AdWords, or AdWords, <laughs> Google Ads. What year now. is this? I, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, that, that's just, that's, man, that really speaks to how long we've been doing this. But um, it indicates the landing page. It really is a, a good metric to observe, like, the effectiveness of, a, of the landing page. But um, how about you?
1: Well you definitely hit the nail on the head with with the page stuff. If you've got a good conversion rate, then your page is definitely doing its job of being a good salesperson. If your conversion rate sucks, then your page not be a it it might not be as effective at selling what it is that you're trying to sell. That's the same for lead generation and people that are trying to sell a service, for people that are trying to sell shoes. Uh, if you're trying to sell a book, or even a subscription to a newsletter. Your page has to be set up to get people to convert, and that percentage, like that one simple number, will tell you how well it's doing that job. Conversion rate can also tell you about your traffic source. So let's say you have a great click-through rate and a great page, but a low conversion rate. You might actually need to examine the search term section of Google Ads, and see what people are actually typing into the search box to find you online. And what you might see is that the searches don't exactly match up with what you're looking for and that's what's leading to that low conversion rate. An example of that for me would be if I'm trying to sell red shoes and I go look in my search terms report and I see that my ads are popping up for searches like shoe boxes or shoehorns or blue shoes, or how to clean the scuffs off my shoes. That doesn't necessarily show an intent to sell or even an interest in the product it is that you're offering. But people might be clicking over to that website to see if there's a solution there for them. And those are clicks that you've paid for that don't really have any meaning to you. And that could end up decreasing your click-through rate and costing you a ton of money.
0: Yeah. So, and you mentioned how it can in, end up inevitably costing the person or the, the business a lot of money. So what, what's an example of a good conversion rate from what you've been able to observe?
1: So I normally benchmark at 10%. That's always kind of been a, a gold standard in the marketing world. There are two things to keep in mind with that number. Number one is just because you're getting a 10% conversion rate doesn't mean you should stop trying to improve it. That's where I know that you're very into split testing. Split testing can really help you determine like what you can do on your page to increase effectiveness overall. You have one page that's your baseline, let's say it's at 10% and you try adding a video to the top of a, a clone of that page. It just has a different uh, extension on the URL. You can split the traffic going to each one of those pages and see which one converts better. If it's the one with the video, then you apply that same change to your homepage. Point number two, though, is that like we've said in a few podcasts now, if the numbers make sense for you in your business, you don't necessarily need to stress yourself to death over trying to hit optimum numbers with conversion rate. Let's say you have a 5% conversion rate, but your uh, cost per click is super low and your overall advertising costs are really low then that might make sense for your business. You don't really need to stress trying to improve conversion rate. It's something that you can continue to work on over time and take your time testing with. But as long as you're making a profit that's beneficial for your business, then you don't need to like work day and night to try and get that fixed. You can take your time with it and really think about the changes of the test that you want to run with your campaign on your, uh, on your pages.
0: No, absolutely. And I, I totally agree. I, I think um, it, it's pretty common uh, to kind of ask what a good conversion rate is. Um, and it, it's something pretty common in the SEM world. There's a ton of articles out there mentioning The benchmark is anywhere from two to 3% on a conversion rate for uh, for the lead generation. But like Josh, I've always kind of benchmarked the uh, gold standard as as well, 10%, especially for real estate investment, um, for lawyers, like more high ticket items. Um, I I trained with Josh, so it was 10% was always the number we needed to meet. Ultimately, every business wants more business basically that's the name of the game and there's a whole bunch of different factors in it. Uh, you know, whether it be like budget ad- allocation or, or, uh, you know, maybe you don't have a developer to develop the page or the time horizon that you're actually looking at uh, observationally that affects the acquisition. Um, you know, like Josh mentioned, if if the numbers make sense for your business, don't stress too much over uh, hitting those, those optimum numbers. Ooh, optimum did you ever take Optimum Nutrition Gold Standard whey protein? Never mind.
1: Um, <laughs> no, no, no. No. Yes, I absolutely did because it is the cleanest and best exactly. protein. It has the less amount of clumps in it. Exactly. And, uh, yeah. We we always used to say, you know, if, if you want the gains, you got to eat the chunks, but you yeah. took the chunks <laughs> right out of it.
0: Yeah. Every account though is is different. So Um, just like your business is different, you know, conversion rate fluctuates depending on, on, you know, your ability to address the issue, but. All
1: right. So we've just discussed the gold standard, what, what it is that we benchmark at. So for those advertisers who are striving to hit that 10% benchmark, but are having a little bit of trouble with it, what are some things that advertisers can do to increase their conversion rates?
0: A few suggestions I have for advertisers um, that really want to affect conversion rate immediately is, is really just a test. Data is of the utmost importance on any account, uh, whether it be on Facebook or on, on, on Google ads. But I always, when auditing an account, double check your conversion tracking. Um, again, like triple check your conversion tracking. And I know this sounds like a no brainer to advertisers and for Josh and I you know, this is one of the first things that we always look at. But in reality, I've literally audited hundreds of accounts, and I can say that about 40% of those have faulty tracking in some way. So make sure that you're getting good, clean data to base your decisions on to make a change. You know, if, if for example, if you are testing uh, a form fill out versus a video on your page, if you don't have tracking set up on it, you'll never know or get a good clean number. So make sure that those are implemented correctly. Um, And then split testing your landing pages, I would say is a second tip. Um, And I won't get into all the data points to test uh, and all the metrics to kind of look over. You know, we can say that for another video, but basically just go in, hypothesize your method, figure out, let's stick with the same method we've been using on the podcast, which is like a form fill out versus a video lay out kind of a time horizon or like just a fixed point of time. We're going to test this over the next 30 days or 60 days or 90 days. And, you know, be certain that what you're evaluating, which is in this particular case, conversion rate, that you're seeing what is effective and what isn't. And just be led by the numbers. Um, You know, don't go hunting without a scope, basically. Make sure that you keep a close eye on what it is that you're working toward and make sure that, what you're doing in the test, make sure to observe it as working or not working. It's pretty pretty simple, but how about you, Josh? What are some tips for um, advertisers to increase their conversion rate? Well, just to
1: piggyback off of what you said about double-checking your conversion tracking, that's something that I have to do every single day because tracking codes will regularly drop out of websites. I'm not 100% sure why that happens. I think it's partially due to inactivity with conversions. But I've also had sites that were super busy and regularly getting conversions where tracking just stopped on them. Mm -hmm. And if you go check your conversion actions, which you should be able to access in the Google Ads menu in the upper right-hand corner of the page, you can see where each one has a status attached to it, whether it's uh, active or um, tag inactive. So tag inactive means that that conversion tracking has dropped out, like it's not valid anymore and you need to go in and replace it. The thing with that though is they will, uh, Google Ads takes, I think it's like 14 days before they make a tag inactive, like before they list it as inactive, but that tag can be inactive for 14 days before you even see the label on it. I don't know if that's a, a bug of theirs or if it's some kind of, best practice that they have on their end. If you are kind of curious about why you're not seeing conversions from an account that's regularly been performing, go and check that out because you're, you're pretty likely to have to replace that tracking code. As far as a couple tips that I have, uh, number one would just be kind of what I stated earlier, examine your traffic from time to time Better traffic might end up meaning fewer clicks, but a higher overall click through rate and a higher conversion rate. Make sure that you're working your negative keywords list, you're removing keywords, and you're filtering traffic at the keyword level. That can help you to increase your conversion rate. The other thing related to web pages would be to shorten the action steps on those pages as much as possible. A principle that I follow in anything sales and marketing related is eliminating the steps that a customer has to take in order to perform the action that you want them to take. That means putting them through fewer pages, putting them through fewer consecutive form fills. You want to get the least amount of information up front in order to make a sale or make contact with them. In the retail space, the way that we would talk about this is getting what the customer needs in their hands and to check out as quickly as possible. If that means doing the identifying questions up front and then literally choosing the one that they need, explaining the benefits and then handing the product to them and then walking them to the register, then that's what it takes. You do everything possible to get people what it is that they need and get them to opt into what it is that you're offering in as few steps as possible. So examine that, make sure that your lead capture process is not complicated or the least amount of complicated that you can make it. Sometimes it means eliminating text so that people don't have to scroll as much. Sometimes it means taking a five, five field form down to like a three field form. Uh, whatever it takes, examine those steps and make it as easy as possible.
0: I love that you mentioned eliminating steps, especially on like a, a form fill out. That's, that's always a really good place to start. So just to summarize what we went over today, uh, we went over what conversion rate is, which is basically percentage. It's a number that indicates the effectiveness of your landing page, which is conversion over clicks. Basically divide those two numbers and you're left with your conversion rate. Um, it is a good indicator of how effective your landing page is. And some examples of good conversion rate would, you know, in the industry, you know, WordStream is a big uh, player in in the kind of having a large amount of data, because they audit quite a few accounts. They're going to sit at, you know, anywhere in that 2%, 2% to 3% conversion rate. Uh, Josh and I, we kind of hit the gold standard of of 10% um, off the back. So. That's where we place our accounts. The, um, and then the last thing is just what we covered, which are some of the, the things that advertisers can do to increase the conversion rate, which is conversion tracking, triple check that. Like no matter what, both Josh and I have seen accounts that it's, it's just not there. It sometimes falls off, like Josh mentioned, You know, on a day-to-day thing. It's something that needs to be addressed and checked regularly. Um, split testing landing pages, Uh, You know, making sure that you're looking over your traffic and examining what type of traffic is actually hitting the page and then shortening the actions of a form fill out. Just listen to that and and take that to heart because that's a big one. Um, If you have less fields on your form fill out, that is going to help somebody to engage more freely. And that's a really, really big tip for, for any advertiser out there. That pretty much wraps up the, um, the pay-per-click podcast for, for today. Josh, do you have anything to add? Yeah,
1: uh, everybody should watch Alien vs. Predator, and <laughs> they should watch Prometheus at least once and uh, let us know which one that they preferred.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the pay-per-click podcast. Remember to like, share, and subscribe wherever you're listening. And if you're getting a lot out of the show, leave us a five-star review too. We'll catch you on the next episode.